I needed this so badly today, you guys. And what a perfect queen deep dive to go through on a day like today. This is probably, well, it's easily one of Queen's most jovial and silliest songs, if not their silliest song. It always makes me smile. It always makes me smile and lifts my spirits. I love this thing so much. I know sometimes I save my opinions for later in my episodes, but I'm just going to dote all over this thing up front. I love this song. And it's actually been a huge highlight in my life recently. Not to say that I didn't realize just how epically fantastic and wonderful this little number is, but I think it's just grown on me all the more as I've listened to it time and time again and enjoyed the guy's entire catalog. This song sticks out as something that just lifts and refreshes and enlivens and impresses me all the more, even though, yes, it's quite a silly little number. And this is Seaside Rendezvous, track number seven on Queen's fourth album, A Night at the Opera. And this is the third number from Freddie on the album. I I just realized the last time we heard from him was... Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon, which was track two. And before that, we had the fantastically aggressive and angry Death on Two Legs. So it's interesting that we have one vaudeville-inspired number after another in this case. When you put it in that context, you begin to understand where Freddie's head was at. And I talked about this before, how he was really intrigued with that sound and that style of music, and he wanted to incorporate it into his work, and he was very challenged by it. So we'll talk about that some more as we get into this, because yes, this is very jovial, and it's so lovely. But I think there was a lot of serious intent on Freddie's part to really nail this despite its levity. So this is all ragtime vaudeville, this 41st queen deep dive. I still can't believe we're in the 40s now. Amazing. Seaside Rendezvous. Guys, this is 168 beats per minute. It's fast. We're in 4-4 time with a shuffle beat And yeah, it's fast and it doesn't feel that way. Yes, it's very lively. It bumps along quite quickly, but it doesn't really feel that fast. I I don't know why that was a surprise to me, but it's a very quick tempo in the key of C major with a brief transition up a fourth to F major, which is quite common actually in a lot of songs, especially vaudeville style songs to jump up a fourth in the bridge or the midsection. That's just a music theory thing. You'll notice that if you study that that was a very common transition in a song. And it still is, actually. This is lovers enjoying a stroll, a weekend, a moment on the beach. And let's do it again. (laughs) That's all this song is. It's perfectly lighthearted. It's perfectly bright and positive and peppy and all of those great things. So let's play. Seriously, this song is just as playful as they come. And I'm serious about this stuff. Can you be serious about fun? (laughs) Anyway, Seaside Rendezvous is so happy and it makes you smile. It just, it makes me smile. I mean, I 
I love this thing so much. It's a playtime piece. This is like the guys went out for recess. Total playtime for Freddie and Roger also enjoying the opportunity to get silly and mess around without any guitars to be heard. Super surprising. Freddie is totally front and center with such drama and swag in his voice, such style and that inflection. He's totally at home here with both grand and jangle piano, providing an appropriately period, jolly, light, and bright ambience, ambiance. The enthusiasm in this number bursts at the seams, even in its brevity of just over two minutes long. We get Roger on glockenspiel, which is like a music box sound, and triangle, previously mastered by John in Killer Queen, of course. A very memorable live moment for John, that one. And these rare moments of those playful and even childlike instrumentations are not only necessary, but lovable and so bright and bubbly. Yes, here Queen is absolutely bubbly. I love bubbles. I used to be obsessed with them. I had a bubble machine when I was a teenager. (laughs) I love bubbles so very much. But the best part of this song, the mid section and the brass and woodwinds made up entirely by Freddie and Roger's brilliant vocalizations. Yes, even in the liner notes. This section is credited as vocal orchestration of brass, Roger Taylor, and vocal orchestration of woodwind, Freddie Mercury. Sure, the guys are basically messing around, but the performance is spectacular and perfectly executed. This song's lovable perk closes out the album's first side. Yeah, when albums used to have sides, when records had to be flipped over or tapes had to be turned over in the deck, this ended side one. And what a marvelous end it was. But it was never performed live. Tragedy. Could have been a great breather for Brian, which he almost never got. I mean, Roger and John had a break once in a while. Because Brian would do his guitar solo that was usually quite lengthy. And even Freddie got a chance to take a breath in that moment. But they never did this live. And we're going to learn why. Because there's a lot of complex vocalizations again with the midsection, which is very extensive. And I'm going to take a sip of my coffee right now, if you guys don't mind. And I just spilled it on myself. Great! The perils of, oh my gosh, you guys, Uh, the perils of drinking and talking at the same time. Clearly, I'm not coordinated. (laughs) So there's no comments from any of the guys about this song that I could find, aside from the comments that Freddie has made in the past about the structure of vaudeville-inspired compositions. But here's my sentiment around this number. Freddie and Raj have the best time in that midsection. You can, you can hear it. You can tell. And in a way, to me, it showcases not just their innovation and their clever performances, but I think it really, I think it just 
shows how close they were as friends and how much fun they had. I can imagine them laughing, experimenting, and maybe even arguing about this in the studio. Those few measures with so much silliness and warmth, it always makes me smile. And the sounds they must have made on outtakes, what fantastic stuff that must have been. I would love to hear those things. Maybe they don't even exist. But I'd love to know, what was this like the afternoon, the evening, the day, however long they spent working on this section. Did you enjoy a drink or two? (laughs) Was it just a very meticulously done attention to detail moment where they were very serious about it? Or did they have a lot of fun too? I would just love to know how it went down because I adore this number. And would you believe it? Brian is completely absent totally absent. (gasps) This is like one of the only times this happens. We have no guitar, no harmony vocals from the man at all. But you know, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. It happens every once in a while where even Freddie, who is most associated with Queen, even to this day, is sometimes occasionally absent. The song's lyrics, Be My Clementine, reference the old folk song, very old, called Oh My Darling Clementine which is an American folk song originally from the 1880s. Wow. Isn't it crazy that there's some songs, especially folk numbers and, and hymns and such like that, that have just lived on and continue to be referenced or reworked? It always makes me wonder what those people, what those original composers would think if they knew just how long their tunes have endured. Now, supposedly, Raj hits a super high C6 in the midsection somewhere. And if that's true, it's easily the highest note on the album, even if it is a whistle or a kazoo-like effect, which does happen. And in fact, the brass vocalizations here may be a bit influenced by Penny Lane, by, of course, the Beatles. And there are some similarities in arrangement to the upcoming Queen song, Good Company, which is a Brian number. And that one is very, very, very special. And we'll talk about why when we get to that Queen Deep Dive. People have picked on this song for being too playful and silly. But that's the point. These guys had this brilliant method and approach of, I think, taking the work seriously, but not themselves too seriously. So yes, they're being silly, but they're being very strategic about it. This is not just some haphazard, let's do this because it's kind of fun. I think they really had a lot of intent here. And I think they wanted to capture this levity and this brightness, probably at Freddie's insistence, but of course, Roger would be all over this. I've seen plenty of evidence to suggest that Roger enjoys a little bit of silliness here and there. And this song is ultimately, it's just a wonderful breath of fresh air before the much heavier drama that will follow it. That's coming up around the corner as we kick off side two of A Night at the Opera. Roger's ability to perfectly capture a ragtime 30s feel on his kit here is often praised by critics and fans. I've seen a lot of people talk about how versatile he is and how much that comes across. And of course, Freddie's vocal performance, where he clearly sits comfortably in that expressive camp, 
of vocal performance is very celebrated. And I, for one, am one of those people that just absolutely loves his tone here. He nails this. This is his love for theater and dramatic performance fully realized. This song deserves an extensive breakdown from start to finish because it's just so cleverly done and funny and Fun. I mean, seriously, you're not just going to smile in this. You will laugh in the best way. And I love that a, a, a band that can make you cry and feel so deeply and rock out so hard can also make you laugh. This is why I love Queen so much. A delightfully throwback grand piano brings us into the sunshine. That arrangement is so true to style here. With Raj, probably, mimicking tuba, and I gotta admit, I didn't initially pick up on that little detail until I started picking this apart, but it's there on the left-hand side in the left speaker, you're gonna hear it. It's a very deep tuba sound. Gosh, I hope that's Raj because it's brilliant. Freddie throws in a jangle piano on the right, giving a nice brightness to the whole tone of the song. And then that wonderful bell, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's just so good. Guys, I'm gonna be doing a lot of sound effects as I go through this because I can't not do them. And then Freddie. Oh, Freddie, this is lovely. That shuffle beat reminiscent of Killer Queen though faster, and the playful bass that just bounces from tonic to tonic as we go through the verse. It's so basic, but it's perfectly executed by John. Has a little bit of his usual flair, so we know it's him. Freddie's vocals are really the star here, though, with so much pizzazz and sass and attitude, and that playful camp Freddie incorporates so effortlessly. His harmony vocals that flutter and flit around the lead are seamlessly blended, and if I'm not mistaken, they're all his vocals. Roger makes great use of hi-hat accents, riffs flicked out in delicate, precise detail. This may be somewhat simple, like John's bass arrangement, but the way it's played, these guys make it sound so authentic and good. The drum rolls, the sneaky crashes of cymbals and snares that have this wonderful conversation back and forth. It creates this marvelous framework, super solid, around the vocals. It feels like they stepped out of a time machine when that midsection starts. Okay, here it is, you guys. Roger, your brass is bold and beautiful. The way he sings these chords and makes these effects is fabulous. And those jangle piano pops that further lift the mood and extravagance. When I hear that hi-hat and the immediate bass kick boom and then Roger jumps right back in with that. It's so fun and silly. And this is the kind of stuff I really love Queen for because it shows how brilliant they were, not just at hard rock or shock and awe or guitars and screaming. They could do just about anything with style and precision. We have another round of that bright jangle piano. And again, with that hi-hat, the kick, and the low brass accent, when Raj does that triad chord of harmonies with that vibrato, that is the moment I recognize him, that it's his voice. If it wasn't obvious he's doing these sounds all by singing, it is now. Then Freddie, it's Freddie's turn. 
those glissando notes of clarinet-like woodwind arrangements. I can never sing this like he does. In fact, I can never nail any of these arrangements like Raj and Freddie can. Tap dance time. There's this little moment where the music drops out and we hear a prancing of tapping. Originally, Freddie wanted Raj to do this on his kit, but they ended up doing it together with thimbles on their fingers on the mixing table. Thimbles! Brilliant. And the guys aren't even done with their fun yet. Another wailing of low brass, high brass from Raj, and lots of woodwinds from Freddie. Before that high kazoo slides in and out, ah, the jovial spirit of it all. I mean, we have lyrics like, what a damn good jolly idea. It's such a jollification as a matter of fact. Carefree, light, fun, happy. Smiles. Always. We get another verse from Freddie. I feel like dancing in the rain. Can I have a volunteer? There's a really beautiful whistle from someone in there. And I don't know if it's Freddie or Roger, actually. These last two verses, though, are so full of whimsy with Raj popping in one more time in surround sound with his brass singing and Freddie totally over the top in vocal form. Freddie's harmonies are so good. They swoop and swing and surround you. Falsetto, strong chest voice. He's all over the place and it's perfect. So much happens in this succinct little number and the guys had a field day with it. Before we know it, Freddie closes it out, singing out the title a few times, teasing us with a so adorable and then a woo. And finally, in a sassy tease, he begs us give us a kiss. <laughs> and then there's a little hi-hat and a kick, snare, and we're out. And just talking through it, because I just listened to it before I did this. It's adorable. <laughs> just, just like Freddie says, so adorable. It, it just, I love this song. I don't care if some people think this is ridiculous and should never have been recorded. I've actually seen that said, that they think that this was one of those things that kind of just dampens the whole mood of the album or the guy's catalog or something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is so genius. It's just perfectly well done. And guys, again, this wasn't just something that Freddie, even if they had fun, I don't think that was really the intent here. Freddie enjoyed this challenge. I mean, think about it. Not anybody can step into the shoes of 1930s-inspired vaudeville numbers like this. This takes talent and practice and serious skill to emulate this vibe to such perfection. And the three of them, Freddie, Roger, John, perfectly encapsulate that feeling. I can picture people tapping around and dancing on a stage in a jazz club or something. I, I see that. I feel that when I hear this song. And it lifts my mood. It just makes me so dang happy, this number. And I'm super sad that we don't have any live performances of it. I still think it could have been a great opportunity to try something different because Freddie could have played the piano and they could have sang portions of those brass and woodwinds as they kind of putted along with this. We could have had Brian take a little break and grab a drink maybe like some of the other guys did sometimes. I mean, why not? They had so much fun with this in the studio. Clearly, I think it would have been a great live number, but only in my dreams. 
It's a great song by Debbie Gibson, isn't it? (laughs) But Seaside Rendezvous, yes, it's lovely. It's happy. And it's great to have that before we dive into some darker, serious stuff coming from Brian May. Enjoy the brightness of the Seaside Rendezvous. I'll be back next time. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive. Do something wonderful for yourselves. If you drink coffee, don't spill it like I did. (laughs) Coffee is so good and precious. You got to enjoy it. You know, everything. It's like never waste the good times and the good things. Never give up on the good times. Spice Girls. All right, that's enough. I'm bouncing all over the place here, but... uh, Enjoy, guys.